Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the CGF podcast with me, Louise Chester. If you don't know us, the Consumer Goods Forum is a CEO-led organization that brings consumer goods retailers and manufacturers together globally to help collaborate with other key stakeholders to secure consumer trust and drive positive change. Our eight coalitions of action have been designed to achieve collective impact on critical industry issues related to environmental and social sustainability, health and wellness, end-to-end value chains and food safety. On our podcast, we'll be breaking down all of these topics and more and engaging in insightful conversations with leaders from in and outside the industry as they share their thoughts on the challenges facing our planet and its people. For this first episode of 2022, you're about to hear part one of my conversation with Lars Holmquist, Executive Vice President for Sustainability and Communications at Tetra Pak. We had so much to cover with Lars that we ended up making two episodes for you. So here we go for part one. Hello, Lars. Welcome to the CGF podcast. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you, uh, Luis. Glad to, to join this, uh, this podcast. We're, we're delighted to, to have you and to hear more about, about Tetra Pak. So perhaps you could begin by introducing Tetra Pak. You are one of, of the CGF members, but it would be, be great to hear more about your work on sustainability and climate impact. Sure. Let me start then by, by introducing Tetra Pak, what it is, and then move to, to sustainability. So Tetra Pak is a world-leading food processing and food packaging solutions company. And what we do is we provide safe, innovative and environmentally sound products and solutions across more than 160 countries around the world. And we commit to making food safe and available everywhere. And we promise to do so in a way that it protects what's good. We say that we protect what's good, meaning that we protect food, we protect people, and of course, we protect the planet. And our founder was a firm believer that a package should save more than it costs. Uh, So when food is packaged effectively, and especially when it's packaged aseptically, It can be transported and made available to consumers everywhere around the world in a safe, sustainable and affordable way. So that's very much what drives us. Now, sustainability has always been at the core of us as a company since the very, very start. And we believe that responsible industry leadership and sustainability approach to business um, are must-haves. And we have been reporting our environmental performance ever since 1999 when we launched our first environmental report. And we have also been reporting on, on, let's say, broader sustainability matters beyond environmental performance uh, since 2005. So so it goes back quite quite a number of years. Uh, We have put together a strategy. We call it Strategy 2030. It is a customer and an externally focused strategy that includes four pillars. And one of these four pillars is called lead the sustainability transformation of our industry. And and we are actually 
doing that. We are executing that strategy since two years now by focusing on low carbon circular economy solutions and also by taking a broader view across the value chain to enhance sustainability across the whole food value chain. And our approach to sustainability is really focused on food, on people and on the planet. And, and we are truly committed to help shape the future with safe and sustainable food systems. And we strive to, to really make a positive social impact along our value chain while consistently pursuing actions that help to create a sustainable tomorrow. And what's really important is that we never, we do so by never compromising on either food safety or the quality of, of food. So all of this is becoming even more critical today as we are living in a world where, where food systems are actually unbalanced on the one hand and quite wasteful on, on the other hand. Um, generating nearly, I think it's one third of all greenhouse gas emissions and, and acting as the single largest contributor to, to loss of biodiversity. So mm -hmm. very important that we address the food system. And, and last point I wanted to say here in my introduction is that at Tetra Pak, we, we have a long history of developing very innovative solutions. Innovation is very important to Tetra Pak, both in food processing and in food packaging. And we believe that this experience that we have uh, from over 70 years of operation also comes with a real responsibility. So it's not, it's really to help build long-term solutions for both a, a secure and safe, as well as a sustainable food system offering our learnings and our experience and establishing very importantly, partnerships across the value chain to really bring proposed ideas to, to reality. So that's a bit of Tetra Pak and how we address uh, sustainability, Luis. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lars. Thank you for sharing uh, all of that. Um, so uh, my next question is, is directly linked. I I'd like to know how you are actually concretely measuring your, your climate impact and setting the, the targets and the, the priorities that you just spoke about as, as part of your strategy 2030. Yeah, that's of course very important because many companies, if not all companies, have now sustainability as a priority. So it's all about the actions and how you measure your, your progress. So to minimize climate impact um, and at the same time ensure food safety, we take a full life cycle view, the life cycle of our products, how they impact the full uh, value chain in its whole life cycle. And it's, it's really critical to drive down carbon emissions at every step of the value chain. And for us, there are a couple of very impactful ways of, of doing that. So let me mention the three that we're focusing on. The first one is to, to decarbonize materials. So what does that mean? That means that by using renewable plant-based materials instead of fossil fuel-based materials, 
and and our cartons as you as you may know are already made of approximately 70% paper or fiber and we are working very actively towards increasing the renewable content uh, further so that's the first thing really focus on decarbonizing materials the second is to decarbonize the actual production so the the food production the food packaging the food processing by joining forces with with both our suppliers to minimize the carbon footprint upstream but also switching to renewable energy and reducing the carbon impact of our equipment the processing and the packaging equipment that is used to produce package and distribute food and and thirdly finally um, i think it's extremely important to to emphasize that by by helping to reduce food loss and food waste uh, as well as to drive collection and recycling uh, which is all a priority for us as a company as well we can really preserve resources and and reduce the climate impact in a, in a big way uh, moving forward but we do all this always we do this by working collaboratively in partnerships across the value chain so climate change as we all know is a very complex and multi-dimensional issue that really cannot at all be solved by by one entity one player or even one solution uh, but we can and we must all all contribute to that so when we then look at the whole value chain when you consider the greenhouse gas emissions breakdown across this value chain that i'm talking about you can you can definitely grasp the critical importance of this collective action that i'm that i'm talking about mm -hmm. if we look at if we look at some data if you, if you if you want to have some data on this that because as i said we we look at the full life cycle the full value chain and and in 2020 we we have some data that speaks to this which says that approximately 40% of all the greenhouse gas emissions generated in the value chain in the full life cycle 40% of those greenhouse gas emissions they sit upstream from tetra pak's own okay. operations which is which is a lot right and and over 50% actually is downstream including the processing and packaging equipment operation that our customers use but also the distribution that retailers and distributors do uh, as well as the consumer actions you know that whether they recycle the carton or whether it's basically recovered for for energy so all of that shows the importance of working across scopes one two and three and the whole the whole value chain and that's what we're doing we have a commitment um, for 2030 to be net zero and uh, we are on a trajectory to that net zero um, emissions in our own operations um, but we also set the ambition together with our partners in the value chain to reach a net zero across the full value chain by 2050 so mm. Um, yeah, so as a target approved by by the science-based target initiative across all scopes, then one, two, and three, that means that we need to reach minus 46% greenhouse gas reductions 
across the whole value chain by 2030, right? To to be on track to to be yeah. net zero by 2050, in line with, as you know, the the one and a half degree path. You know? It seems a a huge <laughs> number when you say it like that. Yeah. Mm. So Lars, you mentioned food waste, and that yeah. is a, a topic I wanted to dig into a little, a little bit more. Why is this this issue a priority for you at Tetra Pak, and what are you doing to tackle it? Yeah, it is a very, very important area, uh, Louise, that I think really requires even more attention. And why is it a priority topic? Well, because today, one third of all food is actually lost or wasted, one third. And this means that around 8% of global greenhouse gas emissions actually come from food loss, lost or wasted. And, and if we say that differently, I mean, 8% may not sound a lot, but if you say that differently, that if food waste was a country, this is a, an analogy that we often use, it would actually be the third largest producer of greenhouse gas emissions after US and China. So that's why food loss and food waste has to be tackled as part of tackling uh, climate crisis and, and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And just to break that down a little bit, because I think it's interesting to, to give some context with data that 48%, 48% of food is wasted in the supply chain, 23% is wasted in distribution and retail, uh, mainly due to expiration dates and, and aesthetic standards of, of food, right? Mm -hmm. And 29% of food is wasted by us, by consumers at consumption by, you know, either in our households or, or at food service. So, so this is really, you know, extremely important. And, and since we, since the start of Tetra Pak, we, we look at the entire food system as I talk and we work together uh, with other players to tackle every step of, of the value chain uh, by supporting solutions that encourage, uh, as I talked about, sustainable production, processing, and consumption of food. So, so just to give some examples, and, and by starting by saying that, you know, most importantly, Tetra Pak packages already today play a fundamental role in avoiding food waste because they prolong the shelf okay. life. They prolong the shelf life of products with the UHT treatment uh, combined with innovative aseptic packages and, you know, achieving shelf lives of a year or more without additives, without preservatives, without being chilled and thereby avoiding food waste along the whole value chain for up to a year. And, and that enables distributors, brand owners uh, to distribute safely, cost effectively and with a low climate impact. So already today, I think it's important to emphasize that Tetra Pak aseptic packages play a fundamental role in the food system to avoid uh, food food waste. Um, and and but of course, we are we are continuing. It doesn't stop there. We're continuing to innovate to reduce food waste and climate impact even further. And the area that I wanted to give another example is in, in, in the actual processing of food. So processing solutions of, of food, and we're putting a lot of efforts in innovation there that helps 
brand owners, producers to, to minimize both waste and thereby the environmental impact mm-hmm. when they manufacture the food. So just to give you again some examples here that uh, we have an integrated solution for dairy players, a new innovative solution that actually reduces greenhouse gas emissions by 20%. It reduces water usage by 70% and product losses by 30%. So by investing in this new kind of technology, you can see that already there, there's a lot of gain to be had. And and looking forward, our goal is really to reduce food production, food loss by 50% in what we call the best practice lines, the the food production lines that we provide to our customers by by 2030. So 50% reduction in food loss is the goal that we have globally. Brilliant. So you mentioned there, Lars, some of your work to develop sustainable packaging that, that's fully renewable and, and, and you know, how this packaging also um, works to, to reduce food waste. So just wanted to talk about the design side of things and yeah, packaging. Yeah. You, you've signed up uh, this past year to some of the, the CGF's golden design rules. Um, could you tell me a bit more about your work in the area and, and the, the journey to date on, on developing and, and moving forwards and, uh, you know, um, updating your packaging? Yeah, this is a very ex- exciting area. So I'm, I'm very happy to to talk about that because, you know, comparative studies that we look at often show that our paper-based carbon packages already have a lower carbon footprint than many of the alternative uh, options. But we are committed anyway, because we are 70% renewable today and we have a low carbon footprint, but we are committed anyway to go much, much further to protect our planet. Um, Also taking into account, of course, the rapidly changing uh, requirements and demands that we have from customers, from society, from regulators. So so we have set ourselves a very bold ambition, which is to create the world's most sustainable food package. And this means creating cartons that actually are fully made of responsibly sourced renewable or recyclable, recycled material. Uh, Of course, they need to be fully recyclable and they will be carbon neutral. So, that's a very bold ambition, which you know really requires us to make a breakthrough innovation and a step change in investment. So we are now investing uh, about a hundred million euro per year over the next five to ten years to develop this world's most sustainable food package, fully renewable, fully recyclable, uh, and carbon neutral. So there are three steps here uh, that I'd like to talk about. First of all, uh, we are expanding further the use of renewable plant-based polymers. And, and this journey is, is not new to us. We, uh, we have quite some achievements already. We were the first in our industry in 2014 to introduce a package made fully from plant-based renewable materials, uh, the so-called Tetrarex plant-based package and and we've delivered some three and a half billion packs of these packages to customers around the world to date. So first is to expand further the usage of renewable plant-based polymers. The second point is to introduce recycled materials that meet our high 
food safety standards, which is a challenge, but it's something that we're committed to do. And to support this, in February last year, we announced the introduction of, of certified recycled polymers, becoming the first company in the food and beverage packing, packaging industry to, to actually do so and to be awarded the Roundtable on Sustainable Biomaterials uh, and uh, the RSB, Advanced Mat uh, Products Certification. So very happy about that. And thirdly, as you said, design for recycling by, by simplifying the packaging material structure, reducing virgin fossil-based plastic overall and increasing the share of paper. And in this context, as a real development priority, we are uh, replacing the aluminum with an alternative fiber-based barrier that still protects the food inside from both oxygen and light. And we have on shelf our first aseptic packaging solution without aluminum, and we will launch progressively more high-performing non-foil cartons with increased renewability and fiber content. So we have an aim to, to launch the fully renewable aseptic package sometime during 2023. So that's that's why, you know, based on this bold ambition, as, as, I, as I mentioned, and working collaboratively in partnerships that I emphasize a lot is really critical. And, and I think that we are, are what we are doing together with, with uh, CGF and the Plastic Waste Coalition of Action members is a brilliant example in this, in this space, actually. I truly, I truly believe that the golden design rules will accelerate progress towards using less and using better plastic and build the necessary momentum for, for achieving targets laid out in the new plastics economy uh, global commitment that we signed back in, in 2019. Please listen out for part two coming in a couple of days time. In the meantime, if you would like to find out more about our work at the Consumer Goods Forum, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe for more episodes coming very shortly. Thank you and bye for now.